Join with me for the next few minutes as I leave with you a message that the Lord has laid in my heart. Hi there. For the past 22 years, I have been the minister of the gospel here in Carryduff FPC. And during this time, one of my great concerns is that individuals and congregations and denominations have a basic and fundamental understanding of what the gospel is. So over the next eight weeks, I intend to set before you what I'm going to call an expose of false gospels. You see, many today do not know what the gospel is. And in the past, in a very positive way, I've sought to set forth what the gospel is in a previous thumbnail. I would encourage you to listen to that again and listen to it the second time and maybe even the third time. Share it with family and friends. Share it with a neighbor. Share it with a stranger. Why? Because one thing that we all need to rediscover in our day, and this is true for the whole church, is a rediscovery of what the gospel is. You see, I fear that there's much ignorance today. There's a naivety among many who are listening to preachers. They don't have discernment. I want to tell you that many today have in their minds what they call a caricature of the gospel. If I asked an individual what the gospel is, they'll usually tell me and talk to me within the evangelical community of asking the Lord Jesus Christ into their heart to be their Lord and Savior. But I want to tell you while that's a true component, part of the gospel, an important part of the gospel, as the late Dr. Alan Kern said, it's not even the third cousin of the gospel. You see, it's a caricature of the gospel. It's not the whole gospel. The whole gospel centers in the good news of Jesus Christ the Son of God, in the fullness of his person and in his work. We've got to remember who sent him, why he came, who he really is, and what he did for sinful men and sinful women during his life and especially by his death. The Apostle Paul says in the book of Galatians, in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 8 and 9, the following words, But though we, speaking of the holy apostles, or an angel from heaven, let's say it's Michael or Gabriel, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. The word accursed means anathema. Let him go to the lowest hell. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. The Galatian church was plagued with false teachers who brought in another gospel which was not another gospel, who preached another Jesus other than the Lord Jesus Christ revealed in the New Testament. And they did so energized by another spirit, not the Holy Spirit sent down from heaven, but the uh, spirit of the world, the spirit of Antichrist that was in them. Uh, so today, I want to set before you the first false gospel, and I've entitled it the moralistic gospel. Preachers all over the world, they urge their congregations as they listen to them 
week by week, be good. Strive to do the best that they can. And they urge them that they have the ability within themselves to perform certain good works that's going to be acceptable to God. And that's the mindset. If you want the secret of a happy marriage, here's 10 principles. If you want to overcome sin and lust, here's 10 more principles. If you uh, want to be happy in your relationships at home, school and work, or in the church, here's some more principles to live by. And the reality is that men and women are being urged from the pulpit to be good. Strive to do the best that you can. I want to tell you, that's a moralistic gospel. That's a, a gospel that's anti-Christian. That's a gospel message that is unbiblical. Let me tell you why. Because it leaves out the true nature of man. It leaves out the person and work of Jesus Christ. It leaves out the fact that men are depraved and dead sinners before God. There's a story told in the Bible of the rich young ruler. He came to the Lord Jesus. He knelt down in the road. He said, good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Here's the Lord Jesus' response. Why callest thou me good? There's one that is good and that is God. He then went on in the conversation to talk to the young man about keeping the commandments. The young man boasted that he'd kept, which the second part of the law, he hadn't stolen. He wasn't a, a, an adulterer. He wasn't a murderer. He hadn't told lies. Uh, I, he, he wasn't covetous. He, he, he had sought to honour his father and mother. He, he wasn't bearing false witness. And the, the young man said, all these I've kept from my youth up. What need I more? In other words, he had this mindset that he had to do something to be acceptable and pleasing to God. And I want to tell you, you see, that is what we call a works righteousness. And to tell someone to be good or strive to do the best that they can involves a works righteousness and it's filled up with a man's pride. A man's mindset is, what can I do to be acceptable to God? And that's the thought that many have. And preachers are encouraging young and old alike to be good and strive to do the best that they can in the belief that they will be acceptable to God. But I want to tell you, the law of God was never given to uh, show us how to live. The law of God was given to show and teach us how sinful we are. You, you see, the, the law of God demands absolute sinless perfection in thought and word and deed. The, the, the law of God shows us how sinful we really are because it teaches us what uh, God requires of us by way of duty, but it also teaches us what God has forbidden us to do. And whenever we begin to analyze the scriptures, then we see the true extent, the length and breadth, the height and depth of the doctrine of human sinfulness. Remember the apostle Paul says, and you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and in sins. The reality is men are dead in trespasses and sins. The reality is that men and women are diseased in their sin. Their will is diseased. Their understanding is darkened. Their affections are, are, are darkened. And therefore, they have no ability within themselves to um, do good that's acceptable to God. They, they have no ability to 
become sinlessly perfect in and of themselves. The law of God says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Here's the two great commandments. But the reality is that men and women can't do this. They have no strength or power to do this. Why? Because they're born sinful. And, and they're born with a sinful bias against God. They're dead in sin. They're, they're deceived and they're depraved in their sin. And therefore, they, they don't need to be told to be good and strive to do the best that they can. They need to be told this message, to recognize and own their sinnership. They need to be commanded and summoned in the name of the Lord to repent of that sin and be sorry enough to quit and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him as Lord and Savior. Doesn't the Bible say this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus come into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief, Paul says? Doesn't the Bible say in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 5, For there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus? Didn't the Lord Jesus say in John 14 verse 6, Jesus saith, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And do we not read in the scriptures in Romans 5 and 1, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The, uh, old Job, the patriarch, asked this question, uh, how can a sinful man be justified before God? And here's the answer, the biblical answer, that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, as revealed in the scriptures alone, to the glory of God alone. And it was that doctrine, the doctrine of justification by faith alone, that was rediscovered in Reformation time. And it was that gospel that changed and transformed the whole of Europe and brought the light and liberty of the gospel to England, Scotland, Northern Ireland and beyond in a wonderful and in a powerful way. And I would urge you who are listening to me at this time to think of this question. Not only positively let's grapple with what the gospel is, but let's begin to think of what it's not in a negative sense. And the gospel is not a moralistic gospel. And any preacher that tells you to be good and strive to do the best that you can and assure you that your um, good deeds will outweigh your bad deeds at the end of the day and God will set you into heaven, that man is a blind leader of the blind. That man is a false gospel preacher. That, that man is doing you a terrible injustice, a, a, a terrible disservice. Why? Because he's deceiving you. And you'll be content to live like that. And you'll attempt to do this. You'll strive to do the best that you can. You, you'll, you'll seek to be good. That'll be your goal in life. But the reality is you can't do it. Not in your own strength or power. Not apart from the grace of God that's found in Jesus Christ alone. And I point you to Christ. My job as a preacher is to behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And I urge you, if you're not a, a true born-again believer, recognize your sin, repent of that sin before God, and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Thank you for joining with us. I want to use uh, these um, uh, next few thumbnails to try and expose uh, these false gospels. And I, I urge you to seriously consider the rejection of this moralistic gospel and turn to Christ in whom alone is salvation. Thank you for listening and God bless you.